Hey, what's going on, folks? This is the Leafs Convo for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. VanguardNE.ca. Norman James in London, Ontario. Mike Agello in Buffalo, New York. We are coming off a 3-0 Leafs defeat at the hands of the Nashville Predators. But before we go and sound the alarm bell again, maybe there's something to that loss in the country music capital that we can actually maybe not hang our hats on, but feel somewhat positive about going into the House of Horrors in Mike's hometown, Buffalo, New York, this evening. Good morning, Norman. Um, well, I mean, the only thing I can say positive about the game last night is that it, they were, for most of the night, they were only down a goal, and they and the, and the Leafs, uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, had some, the attention to detail that Babcock has been looking for, at least on, at one end of the ice. But what, I, and I'm not trying to be negative here, but the thing that I took from it is, okay, they played it better. A defensive game they played a more conservative style and that just accentuated the need to score on the power play which mm-hmm. they did i think they had i think they had four maybe five power plays and they were mostly ineffective on them and other than a couple chances uh the one that stood out was caspery Kapanen's in the third period i believe therefore they really didn't generate a ton of opportunities five on five so they they cost themselves offensively to to focus on the defense and when they did that their offense was not up to the task of winning the game so they have to find that balance of being able to play tighter defensively and be able to produce goals okay mike so the next 9 games between buffalo and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs april 10th against the boston bruins most likely in boston is the time for the leafs to reconfigure this game I looked at last night's contest and I said to myself, and I also said on Twitter to the four people who follow me, I have lots of confidence this team will find its scoring ways. I don't have a lot of confidence in its defensive game being proper. So if they have to sacrifice scoring and sacrifice dragging us through another 7-6 affair to reset get refocused and start playing playoff hockey right about now. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it, Mike, because those goals will come as long as they dial in focus and get with purposeful meaning to whatever they do. I'm okay with it, Mike. So I know they didn't score any goals last night, but they also didn't give up six or seven. Well, I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, they have to, they have to play this type of hockey to win in the playoffs, but they also have to, they have to score. They have to find the balance. Um, they're not, you know, you cannot play wide open seven, six hockey against Boston. You'll get, you'll get destroyed. You may win a game or two, but in the end they have almost as much skill and they're better at shutting down the opposition. So that, I don't think that's going to, going to win, but you know, some people think, well, try it, throw, throw caution to the wind and go like that in the playoffs. I mean, I, I like I said, other than that one Philadelphia Pittsburgh first round match in, in 20, I think it was 2013. I've never seen a team try to like, be completely wide open offensively and, and win in the playoff series. And if you want to go back to Edmonton, you know, in the eighties, in fine, but, but that's, that's a different type of hockey. It doesn't happen that way anymore, but you know, there, there are concerns. I mean, we know that Dermot's going to be back uh, before the playoffs. It doesn't look like that uh, Jake Gardner will be back. Uh, Callie Rosen may be back at the end of the week for the Marlies. So they may call him up uh, in the next, few, you know, I'd say a week or so, but I think after last night and on the first goal, Freddie Anderson was, I think, out of position. 
um, but then played pretty well and had no chance on mm-hmm. the uh, on the second goal on the, the Wayne Simmons goal. You've got nine games left. You're not going to catch ball one last night. They're not six points no. ahead. Yeah. It's time to rotate Anderson and Sparks. Mm-hmm. Give Anderson a little extra time off to get prepared for the playoffs because if they don't have Anderson playing at his best going into the postseason, this is going to be a short run. What's happened has happened. And the Leafs have dropped what from the goal differential. They were a plus 50 last week, two weeks ago. Now they're a plus 40. Pretty damn good. A lot of fans want to point to that. We know the goal differential. If you have a good uh, plus favorability uh, in your goals versus goals against, we know you are generally a pretty good team. But there's something about the way this Maple Leaf squad goes about its business right now that is fatalistic and is clearly not conducive to a successful Stanley Cup playoff run because that's and that's what it's all about. The the Maple Leafs now are setting up as the underdog against the Boston Bruins and need to focus on what it's going to take to be a pain in the ass for the Bruins. I, uh, Mike, there's the, there's the realists. We are the realists. And we are accused, we're accused for, uh, for either overhyping or underhyping in the way we go about our business. But we're just real in the way we approach things. Curmudgingly so, um, optimistically so, it really doesn't matter. matter. We are... We are focused on on this team and what we realistically think it can accomplish. Then there's the fanatic who feels like, you know, this is all a ruse, Mike. This is all a ruse because once April 10 hits and that puck drops in Boston, the Leafs are going to be off 3-0 in the first period. Boston's not going to know what's going to hit it. Is that that fantastical? Is that fanatical, Mike, or – well, it's it's pie in the sky yeah. uh, because, I mean, okay, have there been instances when a team played terribly and then turned and flipped a switch and then played there well have, in the yes. playoffs? There have been, yes. There has been also instances where a team rallied at the end of the year, had a great you know, 15, 20 games leading into the playoffs, you know, got into the playoffs on the last day. Mm-hmm. And got to the Stanley Cup final, like the LA Kings when they were in eighth place a few years ago. They 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 got in on the last day, and then they went on a run. That's but but if you look at the that team, that team was a, built on defense yep. and on Jonathan Quick and on toughness, and that's pl- conducive to playoff mm-hmm. hockey. This is a team that's based on offense, that's based on their ability to score, especially on the power play, and on Freddie Anderson. And right now. You, you know, you've got a you've got a chair with four legs that I think three of them are wobbly right yeah. now, defensively, goaltending and the power play. And you need, you know, all four legs of that chair to be able to win. So can they get it straightened out in two and a half weeks? Mm. Possibly. But I'm you know, I'm I would love to see it, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I hate to use the Montreal Canadiens as a beacon of hope and a an example of solace. But was it 2010, Mike, or 2011, the team backdoored into the playoffs, 83 points to, to qualify. It was really, really low. And they, uh, they, they, one, of, one of those years, okay, 2010, with, with Yaro Halak, yeah. They, they beat Washington in seven games after being down, I think, 3-1 in the series. Then they beat Pittsburgh in the same fashion to get to the – to get to the conference finals. 
Look, I'm not the Leafs. This Leafs team, I don't think is going to get that far because the bubble is going to burst on it. But there are ways to be lackluster and mediocre throughout the final third of the season and then just suddenly find it. Regardless of of that being the case, Mike, playing a game and exuding a professionalism and and a consistency is all part of setting the table for great success to come and not you know, rolling the dice and hoping that all of a sudden, you know, Shazam, the the Leafs from October, November show up. The Leafs right now are not giving us the indication that the ascent, that that rapid ascent has continued. If anything, there's been a bit of a regression. And my point again is, if this team has to score a, you know, it go on its um, most limited goal run between now and game 82, yet all of a sudden, batten down the hatches defensively and show a responsibility back there and allow fewer goals and, and do so in a professional manner that seems encouraging. Listen, tear down to build up even better. Uh, not tear down completely, but let's pull back some of the layers here that we just feel like have gotten a bit out of hand and start to redo parts of this, this foundation that really need to be reconsidered and, and uh, rebuilt for this team to have sustainable success going forward, because it, we have no matter the amount of talent they have up front right now, what we're seeing on the back end is amateur hour. And I'll say this last thing, Mike, and then I'll get you to respond. Then, we, then we've got to go. But if the Leafs go bust, if the Leafs go bust in embarrassing fashion and blow a uh, throw away, what, what had been a really terrific season for the most part, it's on them. And it would look good on them. If the Leafs have, if they're exposed defensively, and they, things could have been fixed by someone like Kyle Dubas, whether he had to take a chance or you know, be uh, even more bold in making a deal, um, it, it serves him right. If it's Mike Babcock being stubborn and choosing to go with the same people because he's putting trust in these guys and expecting to get that same trust and reward back, it looks good on him. It's going to look good on this team if they go bust and fall flat on their face. It's also going to look really good on them if they can turn it around in time and not only give the fans something to cheer about, feel, give the fans some encouragement, but give themselves a feeling like, you know what? We've had a bit of a shit show here, but we're back on track. And even if we go out in the first round or the second round of these playoffs, one of these years soon, this whole thing is going to be ours. Last word to you, Mike. Well, I, I was struck by the comments of Babcock on Tuesday. Uh, before the uh, before traveling to Nashville that he said at the at uh, MasterCard Center where he talked about the depth of the organization and talked about you know when you lose players you have to have players that can step in and and play uh, and there should be like no drop off and I mean talking about the the quality of depth in the organization and I know some people perceived it as a bit of motivation for the depth players to say, you know, you better start getting going here. But a lot of people perceived it as a shot against Dubas. And we've, we've seen, we've seen Babcock over his tenure with the Leafs prodding his general manager before it was Lou Lamorello before mm-hmm. the deadline to get him players. And, you know, Lamorello would, you know, he got him Brian Boyle. He got him. Uh, you know, Brian Boyle scored last night. 
right, right. He got, he got, he got him Brian Boyle. He got him Patrick Marlowe in the yeah. offseason. He, yeah. he got him Thomas Buchanitz at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I mean, we know that we know that they they signed Tavares, but at the deadline with a need of depth on defense and maybe an energy forward, that Kyle Dubas got Nick Patan, and that was it. And there seemed to a lot of people interpreted it as a little bit of blame on Dubas. And I'm like, okay, I get that. There, yeah, you know, the I coach know. wants different things. But that, I know. if they lose in the first round, Norm, yeah. that's all you will hear this oh. summer is can they win with Dubas and Babcock exploring different Absolutely. Uh, yeah. philosophies? Michael, you're right. Absolutely. And it's an abs- it's foolish. And we can't see the forest through the trees. The real issue is on the ice, but we, we prefer to 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 um, gin up and stoke a war between one of the great coaches of the game and one of the great young minds of the game. I'm telling you right now, Babcock and Dubas will be passing that damn jug to one another on the ice somewhere in Toronto or the uh, opposing building at some point. Is it going to be this spring? <laughs> I don't think so. If it, if it happens, I'm going to go nuts. But at some point, these two guys are going to make it happen together. The idea of them getting rid of Mike Babcock, so what, Sheldon Keefe can come up and watch the same thing happen with the same group of guys? I know people have their issues with the way Mike Babcock governs his team. Listen, he's not the most innovative guy anymore. He's got his way because his way has worked. And this guy is definitely going to have to evolve. But Kyle Dubas, look, I know he's the boy wonder. He's cool with his glasses and his kids and he's doing his floss and stuff. I love that. That's amazing. But at some point, none of that's going to be important anymore because he's going to be older and he's going to be more tenured and he's either going to be accomplished or he's going to be one of those guys who might be considered a flash in the pan, Mike. It's on all of these cats if it goes bust. But this idea that Mike Babcock is to blame, give me a break, man. No one else feels feels that except for Leafs fans. Uh, A lot of them Nylander fans who are still upset about something. And a lot of uh, just Leaf fans who need the coach to blame because it, it's so wrong and it's sacrilege and it's, it's, um, it's masochistic to look inward and think, you know what, maybe I'm at fault. Maybe the players are at fault. We're in the blame society, Mike. It's everybody else's fault but your own. I think these players, I guarantee these players know that there's, it's something that they're not doing. And if the head coach can't, listen, if the head coach can't, help find a way out of this and it happens again next year, then there's a, we've we got to start talking about whether the synergies are there, but to just look and go, oh, it's Mike Babcock's fault. There's clearly major deficiencies with this team. One more last word to you. Then we're gone. I swear. Yeah. And I, I, I said it in, in a piece a couple days ago, it's called multi-system failure. Yeah. No one aspect of the organization is responsible. It is on all of it. And if they take an or take an early exit, that is what you have to look at. It will, it will mean, a, you know, getting on the same page by by Babcock and Dubis and making some tough decisions. You know, they did not give up the offensive player for a defenseman at the deadline or during the year. They will have to find a way to do that. But but for, let's first see what they do in the playoffs before we come to any. Can we first see if they survive the House of Horrors in Buffalo tonight, Mike? Because that is that. yeah with, with, with with Garrett Sparks in goal, who has lost six of his last seven games. So I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be horrific in one oh, way or the other. I love me some Garrett Sparks and OG's converts 
I know you want a path forward from us and I know you want us to stop lamenting things, but aren't we all lamenting the issues right now? There is, if, if Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock can't figure out a path forward, if Austin Matthews and William Nylander and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and the whole crew can't figure a path forward, in all likelihood, neither can we. Thanks, Norm. The Leafs Combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years' experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca.